Welcome to The Walking OG, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for the popular, long-running series, The Walking Dead, on AMC. I'm Michelle. And I'm Mike. And tonight we're podcasting Season 6, Episode 16, the finale, the very last episode of this season, entitled The Last Day on Earth. Because it's somebody's last day on Earth. It is somebody's last day on Earth. On Earth. And Rick... How you doing, Michelle? Uh, I'm not good. How are you doing? I'm I'm okay. I'm really still like traumatized over this. This has been like how long now? I know it's a TV show and whatever, and I mean we'll talk about it, but no, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, in the way of um, goings on on the television show. I mean, their whole world changed. Yeah, I don't know if that's what I'm as upset about. I know I've seen a lot of the comments and stuff, you know, just in because if you don't completely avoid social media, you're going to hear something, right? And so I try not to read much about it before we podcast. I like all the ideas to be authentic and original in mine. But I have seen some comments on stuff where people are really upset that we didn't find out who it was. And... That's like an afterthought to me. That's not the problem I have with this episode. Well, it's also an advertisement for next season. It is. It's 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 all that, and particularly for the people who watch The Talking Dead, this is... I think their explanation, and I'm way paraphrasing, was like, this was the end of this season. This is where this season was supposed to end, and the next season starts with, with like, a new dynamic going on. So, I mean, I can even get all that. I know some people, a lot of people are, like, like massively angry over this, and this is not... Um, it's not the way they wanted to see this end. I think they felt cheated or gypped or something like that. Well, they knew somebody was going to die. I mean, everybody knew somebody was going to die, right? Right. Well, the comic book said that. There's been so many spoilers from the comic books, but some of them come true and some of them don't. And I just think people wanted to know who it was. I think they were going, they felt like they were going to know who it was, particularly since it was a 90-minute episode and well, not a 60-minute episode. I have some ideas. Do you? I do. See, I care, but I don't. That The problems I had with this episode were so much bigger than the end of this episode. I don't know if I should even go into it because there's so many notes go throughout ahead. my notes. Go ahead. Let it all out. Tell us how you feel. I, I think that you can go too far on TV. And how does that make you feel? No, I'm serious. And this is, it, it's not good. You know how I, you, you know me you a little bit. You can go too far in a zombie apocalypse television show? I think you show. can. I don't like to watch torture. And I don't like to watch scenes where they drag stuff out and, and it's just, it's just too much. Torture us? It's, it's torture us <clears throat> to us watching it. Well, your problem with, not wanting to see torture is, you know, not the, I don't think that that's the, you know, um, the general feeling. Because that's that's what these people... I don't think it is. I don't think so. I don't think with this. I think this really crossed the line for me. And it crossed the line for me big. It was a big step across well, the line. Well, what other than the baseball bat scene with Negan was was it that upset you so bad? There were so many scenes. So many. The um, Well, why don't we just talk about them as we go. Let's and just I'll, let's do that. I'll point it out. I'm because, ready. 
because I don't want to go into everything ahead of time. And then, well, you know what the good news is? We find out right away. I mean, there is some good news. Tell me. They found the horse. They did find the but horse. Morgan found the horse, and it turns out that uh, you know it's a good thing that he found the horse. It turns out that he made some new friends. Well, it turns out that there actually was a horse. That was there, true. There was a horse, and there were some decent people there's looking some, for right, the horse. Seemingly, right, seemingly, right, which is a glimmer of hope. And there's a couple of things that I can uh, pinpoint, and I really struggled to find good things, but I did. A couple, and that was one of them, so um, I guess we'll talk about that. But don't you think the overall gist, this last day on earth, Rick asked the guys at the first roadblock they came to, he's like, do you want this to be your last day on earth? So essentially Rick started this last day on earth thing. Do you think Rick was too cocky? Do you think that was part of what was going on? Did Rick start it or did that guy? No, I promise he started it. Rick started it. Mm Mm-hmm. Rick asked him, he went to get back on the RV, and he said, do you want this to be your last day on earth? And the guy's like, oh, funny you should mention last day on earth, because it could be your last day on earth, or one of your people's last day on earth, and maybe you should treat your people kindly when Today. you are at ride. Yeah, Rick definitely started it. Because the Savior knew what was going to happen. The, they, they had it planned out. Right, right. But the question is, do you think... Rick was feeling real invincible. Yeah, he was he was feeling pretty cocky, pretty pretty confident. And I wonder if that combined with some other stuff didn't kind of lead them not that I'm blaming Rick, but if that didn't lead them down this road. But anyway, we start with this unidentifiable scene. You don't know what's going on and they show us this time and again. It's like uh it's like looking out through bullet holes, maybe or holes or something. We don't know what that Air is. Air holes so they could breathe, I is think. That, probably. <laughs> I thought they were in the back of a van. Yeah, I think they weren't they in a box. I thought they were in a box van, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I really couldn't tell for sure. I think it was a box inside a vehicle, if I remember okay. right. Okay, maybe or, it but was. But I don't know. I mean, it was a container, maybe. But um, but we, I kind of thought that's what it was when they started it. Well, right, right. You do think that somebody is captured in there. Who was captured last time? Of course, it was Glenn and uh, Daryl, Daryl, Michonne, and Rosita. Right. So that's kind of what you thought, but they just kept kept showing this. And then we see, now, what do you think about Morgan? He's walking across the field, and there's a sign, this crude, crudely made sign. You in the are alive. What, what was that? Uh, somebody's trying to brighten somebody's day, you know, thinking glass half full in a zombie apocalypse, right? Hey, you're alive. Because <laughs> um, if you're a zombie, you can't read, so this doesn't mean anything to you. And, of course, the horse can't read it. No, I guess they can't. So whoever's there is getting who's, positive affirmation. Who's going to go to the trouble trying to be positive here. to do a sign in the middle of a field and go to the show? You know how much work it is to put up a Somebody sign? Somebody who's like me, who likes to spread joy. Oh, okay. Everywhere that, they go. Well, that's what it is. I mean, I'm certain that now if there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm stealing that. I'm going to go put those up everywhere. You are, are you? alive. You are alive and you can live. Yeah. Okay. Don't you think that's like you know a little, little, little pick me up? A little reminder. Yeah. When you're, you know you're out, everything's falling apart, but you got you dead know, people you got trying this. to kill you. You got live people trying to kill you. There's no food anywhere, but hey, you're alive, baby. You lost your horse. And yeah, you lost. <laughs> I mean, all sorts, but <laughs> you lost your horse, but you're alive. Uh, then we see Miles. That guy Miles. He was the passenger. 
end the truck that stopped Carol last week where they all met their demise. Yeah, he's one of the survivors. He was shot in the shoulder, the upper left back of the upper left shoulder. Yeah, but it looks like it might have done more damage to him, maybe like went through his lung or something, maybe a little bit. I haven't seen the x-rays, but I know that Miles is walking and he's holding on to that rosary. And we really don't know where he's going, except he's kind of, he's following after Carol. Was he following Carol or following those horse hoof tracks? Because uh, Carol wasn't on a horse. Maybe, I didn't get well, that. Yeah, Carol took off in that direction and he took off in. And maybe he thought Carol was following the horse hoof track. I don't know. Maybe he thought the horse weird. was following Carol. Okay, we switch back and forth, and I'm not going to do it in, in order because it doesn't make any sense to for, for purposes of podcasting, but Carl is in the ammunition room with Enid. Yeah. And she... Insists on going. On going. With Carl. We find out that they're going to take Maggie to the doctor at Hilltop. Right. Because of the way it ended last time. Maggie was screaming, grabbing her stomach and moaning. Yeah. And all that. She's not doing well. Right. So trying to get her some medical attention. and Right. Yeah, Carl doesn't want Enid to put herself... He feels like it's a risky trip. And he doesn't want Enid to put herself at risk. So Right. And he goes as far as... He locks her in a closet. And then she says, but what if you don't come back? Now, at first, when she said that, I thought she meant, I'm going to starve to death in this closet, right? Because who's going to let her out? Who's going to even know she's in there? Yeah, somebody will eventually wander in. I know, but couldn't you literally, like, die of thirst before somebody comes in there? You might have to pee in the floor or something. He's got her locked in a closet. At least throw her a water bottle or something, right, before he locks the door? Yeah, make sure she pees in the floor. Well, that's better than dying of dehydration. And then we see the scene where Rick is packing up the R- the RV, and everybody is essentially coming out and saying, and volunteering I'm going. And I'm going no matter what. And, and I was at first, I was like, they're not going to take that RV. What a clunky way to get from point A to point B, right? But them saying that Maggie would be more comfortable and she'd have a place to lie down and that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, that made I, sense. I guess I can buy that. Like a very large, clunky ambulance. Right, and she's pregnant. She might have to pee. We're yeah. talking a lot about peeing already. Well, I mean, episode. yeah, and then, of course, Negan talks about it, too. And, uh, this the is, end. you're right. Yeah, this is wow. The, this is the, Maybe it's a subliminal This is the urine episode. Thing. <laughs> but... Everybody wants to go, and by everybody, it's Sasha and Abraham, Ethan, uh, Eugene. Everybody. Says he's going, Carl's going, Rick's going. All of the main cast, of course, they all need to be there when Negan comes out, but, you know, that's that's a writer's thing for you. Okay, so the other scene that they're flashing back at, oh, and we also find out here that it is 23 miles, give or take, to Hilltop from Alexandria. Okay. Depending on which route you take. So, now we know that. We've kind of speculated on that the whole time, right? On how far it is. Right. 23 miles. I mean, it's a good little chunk, but that's not a long, long way, right? I mean, we didn't know if it was a day's drive or what, right? 23 miles is going to be, even on those roads and in a big RV, is not going to be over half an hour, 45 minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, I would think that, yeah. So, that's, that's not a bad trip. They're going to get her there, and so I understand... Why? Okay, this is a bad time for this to happen to Maggie. These people cannot catch a break, right? Carol's going to run off when this is happening. Maggie's going to get some kind of maybe infection or whatever because she's running a fever. I mean, I don't even know what's going on with her, running a fever. And it's just real poor timing just as the saviors are coming 
you know, have like kind of made it known that they're going to come after them. Daryl's gone and not everything's back happening up. all at once. Michelle's bad gone. could be happening right. bad all at once. Right. Right. Okay. The other scene that we're flashing back and forth between Carl and Enid. And them packing up the RV and everybody saying their piece about it and saying they're going to go or not go. Is this guy running through the woods and he's being chased. By the saviors. Right. And they end up catching him. Yeah. And they say that they're going to make an example out of him. And he's like, to who? Because you've killed all my people. Now, this is the library guy. He points that out, that he's from the library. You know, that's where they've been They've been holed up. But they finally get on the road. Rick and them finally get on the road. Gabriel had a little speech. How much confidence did you have in Gabriel when he was having his speech about, I'll stay here and guard this place, and I will take care of Judith, and we've got our uh, everything in place where to meet if something happens we're going to guard all the different guard towers 24 hours a day and we've got ammunition and he just like kind of lays everything on the line and then he asks Rick he says how comfortable are you leaving me in charge of the, in charge of the security of Alexandria and Rick was comfortable and confident how did you feel about it um I felt okay about it. Yeah, I think yeah. Gabriel is one that's really turned the corner on this, don't you? Yeah, he's he's transformed into a lean, mean, pastoral killing machine. He really has. Yeah. And so we see the RV drive off, and Gabriel, it's fierce Gabriel now. He's standing at the watchtower. Ever tower. vigilant. I mean, watching. he is. I know, and he's, you know, he's made promises about keeping Judith safe and everything. It's pretty, pretty good. Okay, we see Morgan clomping down the road on that horse. Isn't that always the coolest thing in the world, to see like a horse walking down a road? So then we go to the intro. And at the intro, the show is Fear. All sorts of things on Fear of the Walking Dead that's coming on. They really push that hard on this episode. Of course, it starts next week. Have we made up our minds on Fear? We have not <laughs> made up our minds and it could go either way. It's too early to tell. <laughs> okay, we this is just don't know. This is what I'm thinking about fear. Tell me tell me Give if it to you straight. If you feel differently. Okay. We'll watch it. Okay. And if we feel like it has if if it's good, if it's not good but it looks like it has potential or if it just looks like it's really gonna get good. We'll podcast it. And if none of those criteria apply, because that's really real broad, right, then we'll at least do a podcast saying why we're not going to podcast it so we don't just leave everybody hanging if they want to tune into it. We think that it's a is, quick podcast. I think that's a fantastic idea. It a long line of fantastic ideas okay. that you have, you've had since I met you when you were 19 wow. years old. Yeah. Okay. So Rick goes back to the back of the RV and he's talking to Maggie and telling her that the doctor at Hilltop's going to make her all better and Maggie's crying and Rick's telling her we've been together forever it's been all of us it's going to be okay and all that kind of stuff he's really trying to be soothing to Maggie and we see that off and on during this whole episode as she's laying back there and for a 23 mile trip Man, she gets sick during that trip, doesn't she? Yeah, she goes downhill pretty quick. You're right. That's a that's a good observation. I mean, it happens pretty 
pretty fast. Yeah, because when we first saw her, I mean, she looked like she didn't feel well. But by the end of it, she looked literally like she's, like, hanging on. Then we come up to the Viscasil Public Library. Now, I looked up Viscasil Public Library. I was going to see maybe where it was and in what town or whatever. And... I couldn't find anything about uh, Viscasil Public Library. Maybe at all. it's a fictitious town, I guess so. But what I did find Uh-oh. was that <laughs> there was a guy named Joseph Viscasil. He was an American special effects artist who had over 80 film credits from 1974 to 2014. He did all these special effects. He won at the 69th Academy Award for Independence Day. Oh, wow. So he did that for uh, in, in the category of Best Visual Effects. Okay? And he died in August of 2014. He's known for his work on Terminator 2, Independence Day, Star Wars, a certain episode of Star Wars, and you're my favorite, Mike, Battlefield Earth with John oh. Travolta. Oh, my God. But um, a lot of people were commenting... But when I looked it up, I did see people commenting on this episode and that they felt like this was probably a tribute to him to actually name this library that because of his special effects and how this show really works in special I effects. I think that's so, pretty cool. Isn't that kind of cool? That's pretty even more cool that you found it. <laughs> so we see in this library, Morgan is bandaging Carol and he's telling her she needs stitches and antibiotics and everything. And... Uh, Morgan says that he's going to stay with her for the night, and then in the morning, they're going to head back and get her some help. And Carol just says no. Yep. She says it's not going to happen, and you can't just come out here thinking I'm going to go back with you. And So then we go to Rick, and he's giving Maggie water. And this is where I'm saying she doesn't look good. And then he's, um, remember the last time when we said no matter what happens to Maggie, she can't look bad? Yes. I think we were wrong. I don't know. She's still pretty. She's beautiful, but she looked bad. She looked really bad. She looked like she was sick. They made they did a good job. If you can make Maggie look bad, then you need to be going get Special your awards effects. at the Viscasil Public Library. Special effects. Exactly. They right. uh, come around a bend in the road, and this is the first time. This is the first bend in the road that they come around, and they find the road blocked. Mm-hmm. Now it's blocked by these guys who chase this man through the woods. They have him laying out in the middle of the road, and they're torturing him and beating him. Yep. And I, I hate that this is part one, you okay, know. Yeah. You, you know, I was telling you earlier that I'd point out the things that it just really upsets me. It's upsetting to watch. And Well, there's no 911 to call here, so you're just going to have to... Yeah, know. it's not even funny to me. It's not funny to watch that kind of stuff. It's not entertaining in any way to watch that kind of stuff. I think it's probably pretty true to life. I think it's... Uh, it may be. I think it's a commentary on how quick public... The public can descend into that kind of uh, that kind of sadistic behavior toward one another. And it may be there's a lot of really bad things in life. There's a lot of really bad things, and I don't like that we're using some of those things for entertainment. I just I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't like that. I don't like what they were doing to him. Well, I mean, you know, if it's if there's puppies and butterflies you want, but I mean, it's a story about an apocalyptic that. situation. I, I don't expect that, and I've liked the the zombie stuff. And Don't you think this is a realistic probability of, of things that, let's just say that they're, uh, forget zombies, any any kind of apocalyptic situation. Don't you think that that 
Can you couldn't you see people behaving this way toward each other? I actually could. And if you had to live through something like that, then you'd have to live through it. But to use these situations as like this um, form of like gruesome peeping Tom kind of entertainment to like to like look through that window of the television and see I think this kind just of stuff telling happening. The story. I don't. I don't see it. I thought it was too much. I thought it crossed the line. I don't like that. I don't like seeing people laying in the middle of the road for a purpose of torturing them while it's supposed to be, you know, something that I I don't know. Well, I knew this was going to happen. What's that? I knew this would eventually happen, that you and I might someday disagree after 30 years find something we disagreed on. That's amazing. Rick and the gang get out of the RV because they obviously know something's going on. One of the Savior men say that he's someone who was who was with a whole lot of someones who didn't listen and follow orders, and that's why they're doing this to this guy. And Rick says they can make a deal. Rick's still feeling all cocky and, you know... As in control. Yeah, he does. He feels he feels like he's in control. As he was packing up the RV, Spencer, who was staying behind, came up to him and said, if they happen to show up here, and if they're willing, if it's not too late, can we make a deal for them, and what did, or with them? And Rick said... No deals. Well, Rick said, yeah, the deal is, come yeah, yeah. to wait till I get back. Come away from me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, real, he, he has no idea... The numbers he's going against or their organizational ability or any of that. All their resources. No, he's got no clue. Well, the guy tells Rick exactly what we've heard from time and again. He wants half their stuff, but he's still going to have to kill one of them. You know, the same thing we heard from Hilltop. You know, the same thing that we heard when Dwight was talking uh, to... He's giving them the same deal that that Negan's going to give them a few hours later. Right. But Rick says, well, we want your stuff. You know, he's very, very cocky. Still with cocky. Stuff. So they start spray painting something on the man in A the big room. big X. Well, we didn't... Did you know that at the time? Because no. I didn't know at the time. I just saw him spray painting something on him. And Rick says that they're leaving, and they get back in there. And this is where Rick says, do you want to make this your last day on Earth? And... They say, what if it's the last day on earth for you or someone you love? And they go into all that, and they really start kind of tormenting him with that. But Rick and them get in the RV, and the man flips them off. And then they start backing this RV up. Why do you think Abraham was backing up? Why do you think they would have not gone through this group? Why do you think they let them stop them in this situation as cocky as Rick felt and everything? They would have shot the RV full of holes, Maggie's in there, and shot the tires out so the RV would have been immobile and they would have just killed all of them. So, but they're kicking a man in the road. They are watching the Savior's torture somebody in the road. They have other things to do. They have bigger fish to fry. Well, I even made a comment on this of what kind of karma is going to come back on them. You know, like they're all cocky about themselves and everything. Not that I think necessarily they should have done something 
in that particular situation, but how do you just leave somebody like that? You know, we've seen people come along and help them how many times? This is not the time for that. They're trying to get one of their I understand. group or gang to Hilltop for medical attention. I understand. They, they don't have time for a fight. I understand, but it was this guy's only time, the guy that was laying there. It was his only time. I don't see what that has to do with me. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, they let them. I agree turn with you. It was, it was like a horror movie where there, there's nothing that could be done for this. this and there was only like soul. five or six of them out there then, right? There wasn't a whole bunch of them. I don't know. I, I don't know whether Rick counted them or counted the next group. I think it wasn't that group. group. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure, but for whatever reason, he decided it was best not to engage because it was more every time. Every time it was more people. So we keep flashing back to this um, darkness and you can see like light shining through holes, air holes or whatever. We keep seeing that. Then we go back to the RV. They're in the road and there's a lone zombie walking through the woods or through through a field. And Carl's looking out the window and he's asking Ethan why he didn't stay back and guard the place. And Ethan says he owes Maggie. And why didn't Carl stay? And Carl says he owes them. Remember when they were getting on the RV, too? You're talking about Rick's confidence. You keep talking mm-hmm. about Rick's confidence. Remember he, the, the line, he, he said, we can do anything. Oh, I don't remember that, yeah. did he? he said, we can do anything. Somebody said, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? He said, we can do anything. Yeah, and he was telling Maggie that, too, I think a little bit later. And I think we see some of this at the end, like rub off on Carl, because Carl starts talking real big and tough at the end, too. As they're going through the Through the, the, woods, the woods, holding yeah, Maggie. Yeah. He was telling uh, his dad that we can do anything. Right. I'm not going to let this happen to... I'm not going to let what happened to Denise happen to, to anybody else. You know, this is what... What is he? 12-year-old Carl saying to people now? Like He's, he, he's like 15 now, isn't he? I don't know. you got to give the boys due. You know? I mean, he's going to be getting his learner permit next year, right? He might be, yeah. Yeah. So Eugene and Sasha are discussing the scenic safety route, and uh, she can't even tell if he's serious because of the way he's talking about stuff, but he's as serious as a coronary thrombosis. He has a way with words. He has a very uh, complicated way with words. That would be a um, blood clot to the heart for people who might not know what that is. That's pretty serious. So we go back to Carol and Morgan, and they're they're having this conversation. They have this conversation. She's standing there, and it's, um, and she's up. She's gotten up, and she's moving around. But they have this conversation about how it's the same one. She's had it before, right? About if you love somebody, you're gonna have to kill for them, and she's just not willing to she kill, want to kill for anymore. them. She does not. The bottom line is, she doesn't want to kill anymore. She got to where Morgan got. Right. And why is Morgan not, why didn't he understand this and just leave her alone? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, who knows what Morgan does or all goes through his mind. But the funny thing is that right after she said she didn't want to kill anymore, she pulls a gun on Morgan. Oh, I know. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I know. Well, she, she tells him he's got to leave, and he's like, he's not leaving That her. was perfect, yeah. And so she pulls a gun on right. him. And, yeah, I can't yeah. kill anymore, but I can shoot you. Yeah, and, well, you know, and I even made a note. I said, am I the only one who sees the irony in this? I mean, 
That's funny. But then she does put the gun down and just says, please leave. I mean, Morgan's not, not going to fall for that. But they hear this walker outside growling and making noises, right? It's funny that that said, um, it said uh, growling softly. We were watching it with the closed captioning on. Right, because it we... Said, it said, uh, you know, uh, a zombie growling softly. Yeah, and that's probably why I wrote down the word growling. But even Morgan looks a little bit startled <laughs> by that. Okay, then we go back to the RV and Abraham and Sasha are talking about having a baby. Abraham brought it up. He did. Abraham brought it up. And he said, I could now. Mm-hmm. And I thought he meant like right now. Like, and he's going to pull, pull a barvee <laughs> over and put on some Barry White. And, Is this a two-bedroom RV or what? Have something going on there with Sasha while you know Maggie's kick, dying in the back. And kick Maggie out of the one bedroom and you know Maggie can hold on for a little while. Yeah, but I that that worried me for Abraham. I mean, we know something bad's coming, and this how long was it? An hour and fifteen minutes. There was a lot of commercials, but an hour and fifteen minutes of just all of this tension. Leading you know, up it to was this. remarkably stressful and anxious, uh, anxiety producing. It was. It was a nerve wracking episode from start. It really to finish, was, and it just. It felt really dark, and and Heavy. after the second set of saviors, where there were more, mm-hmm. it just started feeling just it's very oppressive. ominous. It was. Really That's ominous. exactly where we are here. They, you know, they're talking about second this, and they come saviors, around the yeah. bend, and it's more. And what does what does Abraham say? Uh, Something nuts or something. I can't remember what he said. I think he says bitch nuts or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what he said. Down. Yeah. But um, yeah, Abraham and Eugene—they have a way with words. They do. They both—they both—they both are, are excellent wordsmiths. They are. Um, but this is where there's 16 of them, and there's only five of them in the RV. And I think this is where Carl says, "You know, we ended here." So Carl's yep. getting that. Yeah. And they turn around pretty quick this time, and then as they are turning around, one of the saviors. Starts shooting. I think probably to signal. I think that they were they they've oh okay they've gotten that. I thought it was point. just a show of authority. I think it was to signal the others to go ahead and set up the other roadblock. That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. But the RV gets turned around and they slowly drive off. We go to a commercial. We come back, and this is where Morgan goes out to inspect that growler zombie, and and the clanking zombie. Yeah, and it, but it's it's um foggy outside it's so weird now we know how the weather is in you know in this area they're in this area and the day when rick and them were leaving was bright sunshiny i mean it was like that beautiful like it is here today this kind of blue that hurts your eyes right it's so beautiful but then when morgan walked outside it was foggy yeah then a couple of scenes where the rv's going down the road you can tell it's just rained, and, yeah. and the, the sky is overcast. But that's how our, our weather is. If you don't like it, wait five minutes, because it'll change. Uh, it doesn't change that quick around here. Well, I mean, it's, you know... It's not Florida. In the amount of time that they're filming this, it changes quite a bit, it seems like. But anyway, I thought that was funny. He finds this zombie hanging. Now, this was... Right? This was... He looked like a new zombie. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look like he'd been there. Very like long. the Carol zombie that we saw last week looked like a new zombie. 
right? And the zombies outside the gate looked like new zombies. The, these were the people in that library that they, that was the guy's people that he was running from, right? Yeah. And they'd come in there and they had wiped them all out. I think you're right. Yeah. And Morgan climbs this, what was that? That three-sided... Like a radio tower or something. An antenna tower. Yeah. Something. But he he climbs up it and it made me nervous. I thought he's... I didn't know what could happen. But I thought he was going to get up there and the zombies were going to surround it. He's going to be stuck. Yeah. You know, or like a squirrel in a tree or something. Yeah, or even the zombie. I mean, you'd think the zombie could have grabbed him with his arms and, you know. I mean, I don't know why he couldn't and pulled toward him, but he didn't. Well, anyway, out. and he kills the zombie and cuts him down. He runs. He goes back in. He calls for Carol, but Carol has she snuck out the back. gone. We go back to the RV. This is what it did the whole time. It was like back and forth to these situations and it felt like it got darker with each situation to me and it started out dark enough you know it kept getting more it kept getting more hopeless as they were it going really along did. i mean it just destroyed their their motivation and their, their confidence yeah. and their well and honestly their whole look on li- look on life right because now they know that things are not as they seem but they start talking about how many teams of these people there are, and they come around a yet another bend in the road, and this is where we've got the Red Rover zombies. Yeah, the zombie roadblock where they uh, put the chain around them and threw them. And they're translucent. Did you notice that? They were like from behind them, and you could see through the zombies' skin and like see the bone inside their arm it was really odd i think you're just using your x-ray vision <laughs> is that what it was yeah i, could, I couldn't see through no that. you really could you really could i'll have to show you because it was really weird um because i was wondering what what would make a zombie translucent what what would do that how old must they be or what have they done to this zombie but then they notice they they have to get out because they're afraid to now why would they be afraid to go through that because of the chain? Yeah. Rick, Rick said he didn't want to risk the RV. Is that smart, you think, in a situation like that? Uh, I would think an RV could go through a chain. First of all, the zombies are going to get like, they're going to come apart, right? That's not well, going to be the problem. Yeah, it's not going to be human. Yeah, the chain gotten kind of hung up on the okay. RV. But they notice that they get out and they kind of go up to the zombies and they're like assessing the situation and they notice some of Michonne's dreads are attached to one of the zombies. And doesn't the other zombie have on, like, Daryl's vest or yeah, something? Yeah, something, yeah. How horrifying would that be? So then they're really looking at the zombies. Could these be our friends, you know? And, of course, they... It was obviously they weren't. Right. But Rick gets mad, and once he's, you know, got Michonne's dread in his hand, and he starts to attack the zombie... And then there's gunshots. Now, tell me about these gunshots. They could not have been aiming for these people. No, they weren't. They were shooting at the ground. They they weren't aiming at, at anybody there. They, they, their plan was being executed. They Every, just didn't every, want them to get through there, right? Everything was in place, right. Okay. So we go to a commercial and we come back, and the RV is making its way down the road, but it's making a squeaking sound now, like some kind of squawking. And they're talking about... You know, Rick's holding Michonne's dread. And, I mean, imagine how that would feel, right? I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. And these people, not only do you know at that point for certain that they've been captured, 
but you don't know what's happened to them. I mean, you you know that this is not good, and that the people who did this are cold-blooded enough to go to the trouble to set up this elaborate blockage and do this kind of thing on it. Yeah, this kind you know? of yeah, this kind of mind. Yeah, screwing with their mind. I mean, that was really bad. I thought that was really bad. We find out that Maggie, she's just she's she's burning worse. And yeah, worse. she's burning up with a fever, and then Abraham calls for Rick because they've come around another bend. In the road, and this is that huge group of people. Bunch of saviors. Yeah, they're outnumbered here like three to four or four to one. Oh, yeah, at least or more than that. There might have been like 30 or 40 of those people. I mean, it was like a huge group there. And Rick says to go back, but Abraham asks where. He's like, well, you know, and that's what I'm thinking at this point. How many roads are going to take you there, you know? Are these people going to now, like, get behind them and not let them go through? You know, I mean, are they even going to let them go back home at this point if they wanted to just go back to Alexandria? I mean, what what are they thinking? And they can't do that without completely sacrificing Maggie. Yeah, they're in a this this is a bad spot for Rick and the gang. Rick and the gang. Meanwhile, Morgan rides peacefully down the road on his horse. But I know, I know, I love that. Every time I see a scene with somebody riding on a horse like that down the road, it reminds me of the first Walking Dead where Rick was riding that horse. Wasn't it down Interstate 75 or something as he's going into Atlanta? Or certainly something in downtown Atlanta. It reminds me of Electric Cowboy with Robert Redford. Really? Yeah. Uh, You're a little older than me, I think. I don't remember that. But Morgan comes upon somebody who looks freshly dead and just, I mean, really grossly dead. And I'm thinking this might be like the lead guy that they beat to death. The lead, like, library group guy. The head librarian. <laughs> Maybe. But didn't he find Carol's rosary laying beside the guy? Yes, yes he did. Yeah. So how did that happen? Did Carol walk past him? And we know Carol didn't do it because she ain't going to hurt anybody. I think the guy that's following Carol, he had to do it. You know, he had to, because he had it, remember, he was holding it. Yeah, yeah, you're right, but, so you think he killed this guy? May have. Yeah. So then we see Carol, and she's walking beside the interstate by an old dilapidated barn area and some quilting uh, company signs on the side of big trucks and everything, and there's a walker in a dumpster, and it can't can't find its way to the door, so it's banging around. And she goes over there and closes the door on it just at the time this walker comes around the side, and she struggles with that walker and finally gets her. And as soon as she does that, here comes Miles, and he tackles her. And he starts going into how each breath's harder, and he probably doesn't have many left, so he's going to watch her lie there and die slowly like the guys, that she, his friends that she killed. And he shoots her in the arm as he's taunting her. Okay, this is another one of those things. If they had done one thing in this, like the guy, that the library guy that they were torturing, I could... It just doesn't affect me the same way, so I, I can't really relate. I appreciate it, yeah. but I don't think, surely I'm not the only one. No, I'm, I'm certain that you're not. But he was, he was like man-punching her, too, after he tackled her. I know that kind of stuff happens in life, but I don't want to see that stuff. That's not entertainment to me. It's not anything. That's just, I, I just, I don't want to see that. Did it, it, it didn't arouse any kind of feelings in you to 
to see somebody being so this this small woman being manhandled. Well, obviously, you know, I, I wish he had been beating Morgan that way, but he, you know, this, it, that, I mean, it's just it's just realistic. It's just it's just. I didn't like it. I didn't like she she had like these big black bruise marks already on her face, and I don't know that that was the second place. That it just it just crossed the line with me and him shooting her, and he's taunting her as he's shooting her, and yeah, all these people are real sadistic. Yeah, I mean it's really really bad. That's their whole their whole culture is sadism. The the whole savior culture is just a sadistic barbaric um, behavior centered around that kind of behavior, and it's just. Uh, it's not only accepted, it's celebrated and, and embraced in their group. That's what they do. That's what they, they're pretty proud. They're known for that, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think it's part of their, part of what part keeps of their, their, right, part yeah. of what keeps their mystique and their power. Um, because when people tell these stories. Which is why I'm sure in season seven, Rick is going to kick their ass. Do you think? Or do you think they're going to end up being like worker bees Here's for what's going to happen. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. Rick is going to be so pissed off. He's not going to know what to do. And while he's thinking about what he's going to do, the horse guy with the, with the uh, shoulder shoulder pads and the, and the football pads and his other buddy with a spear on a horse is going to say, hey, we got about 400 guys. Let's go kick their ass, and you know Rick's going to be there later, and Negan's going to come to a bad, bad end. You think? This is what I think. Okay, based on what? Just, just my uh, uh, expert expert skills. Okay. In being able to tell the future. Just, okay. Just you know, superior foresight. I thought I thought we were kind of guaranteed, and not guaranteed because what's guaranteed, but that Negan was going to be. Um, in The Walking Dead for at least a couple seasons. Oh yeah, no, I, nothing's going to happen quick. But I'm telling, I'm talking okay. about over time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward. How many seasons was the governor in? I don't know. And the governor was a horrible person, but the governor has nothing on these people. You know? I, I don't think so. No, I, I think I think uh, it was similar, but not not nearly as bad. I didn't. I didn't enjoy watching the governor. Nothing about that was, and it wasn't just that he was sadistic and all that kind of stuff. It was, it just wasn't a good storyline to me. The governor was, and I didn't, I didn't really get a lot out of it. But I don't know. I hope that I'm able to watch Negan. I hope that they they tone this back a little bit. If they had to do this for this one episode to give us like a taste of this or something, then I suppose I get that. And I'm certainly going to try to watch season seven. But if the episodes are going to turn into stuff like this, I will probably have to bow out of season seven. It's too dark to me. It makes me feel bad. I don't like watching this at all. And I'm not going to torture myself just to watch this. They're going to have to tone this back a little bit to keep me as even a viewer I, not only will I not podcast, I won't watch it. I'm not. I'm not going to put myself through that for their idea of entertainment. I'm really kind of pissed off about it, to tell you the truth. I'm pissed off that I had to watch this to podcast it, and it was so bad. Well, they've had violent 
shows before. There was, yeah, but it's like you said, Mike. There was something about this episode, and I am not the only person to feel this way. After we get done, look it up. Look up some of the comments and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, maybe people don't feel as strongly about it as I do. And that's okay. They don't have to. And the writers can certainly do. I mean, they're more skilled than I am in this. But I can't watch this stuff. I'm not going to watch it repeatedly like we have to and not miss every wo- any word on it. I wonder if I don't need some kind of therapy or something because it didn't bother me at all. <laughs> You're funny. I'm serious. Well, we go back to to the RV, and Rick's holding Maggie's hand. He's telling her that, you know, it doesn't end here. He's making her all these promises and everything. And she said, but I heard shots. And he's like, it's the saviors. We took care of them. You know, that's not exactly yeah. what he said, but that's what yeah, he yeah. insinuated. He's, he's, trying to, he's trying to put her mind at ease. And then she says she believes in him. Oh, I know. I know. That and was, that... that that was the kiss of death right there. I started, but that, to me, was almost, that was as close as you can get to that line without crossing it, to me. That just, you know, the the way it makes you feel. Imagine how that made Rick feel. He was tortured to hear that from her. Because he, sure, because he knows he that they're in dire every situations. Right, right. they were getting nowhere, and it was looking worse and worse. And it, I think they were coming to realize that they were being played with. Right. And they weren't going to be able to go anywhere. Yeah, I think that it was really kind of dawning on them. I mean, I think that they were almost at their wit's end, as we'll see in a minute. But then we go back to Carol, and she starts laughing. She's on the ground. Yeah. She's shot. I get that totally. Carol was done. She's been done for a long time. Right. And now she's relieved. And she's truly relieved. And this guy, is he doesn't know where to go with this. No. How do you torture somebody who... Well, that's you, you can of, still torture him. You just can't enjoy it as much because you're not getting the desired effect. And well, he... Shoots her in the leg. But he asks her. He says, so do you think you've suffered enough? And she said, no, probably not. So even with the torture that he's doing to her, even with the pain he's causing her, he's given her some degree of of satisfaction and relief because she feels like she deserves what's happening to her well, before she dies. He's wanting her to dies. squirm. He's wanting her to squirm and beg and cry and plead like they probably, you know, encounter most people doing. And this is not what he's getting. I know, and then he just kinda of looks sad and turns around and walks on and aw. Oh, I can't get her to do it. He comes back. Yeah. Well, I mean, after she's like, you know, basically, I mean, she's taunting him. There's Morgan. I'm not going to kill anybody, but I'm about to kill you. Weren't you proud of Morgan? What could he have done? Well, what did he do with the wolf? What did he do in many situations? He tried to let this guy shoot Carol again. But he didn't. He didn't let him. He killed him. For Morgan to be redeemed, he's going to have to (laughs) team up with the horse whisperers and go riding in well, we and save everybody. Know. Are we going to see and Morgan in that little armor? I want to see you, maybe, and I want to see him sticking that thing through live people's heads. I want to see this. Is that what it's going to take? Honestly, I mean, I know you're being lighthearted about it stuff. It's not funny to me. This it's upsetting to well, me on like whole, a real personal level. The whole the whole uh, episode was dark. The darkest episode we've ever seen, and it left you feeling bad. And I can't shake it. It's been like 20 hours, and I still have that feeling of it. we have a chance here to to help other people with their grief over The Walking Dead be a little lighthearted and talk about, you know, how we 
you know, feel truly about Morgan. And and, and we want to add a little, you know, levity, right? Don't yeah, we? yeah. Well, the guy comes comes up and after Morgan has shot him, which I was proud of Morgan. I mean, he did it. He did what he had to do. And this is when the armored guys show up. And he goes, what's going on? And Morgan goes, I found your horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good because I'm tired of walking. Yeah. And this guy's riding. Yeah. And he said, I also found my friend that I was looking for, and she needs help. Now, wait a minute. You didn't talk about Morgan shooting the guy, did you? Well, we did. We, you said. Blam, we, didn't, blam, blam. we didn't drag it out. We well, didn't talk drag about it, it out. slow. No, it wasn't slow. I'm he just, killed him. I'm just been trying to be funny. It's not funny. I know. He had to, he had to kill him. He killed him. Morgan blasted him. He had he had to, and he did, and he didn't play around about it, and he didn't just try to. Shoot he did the gun. play around about it. He tried to play around about it. He just said, "Turn and go. You can live. You can go." He once he started firing, he didn't try to shoot the weapon out of his hand. He didn't do. If anything If somebody's like that. got a gun on you during any kind of apocalypse, and I walk up and say, "Okay, drop it. You can go." All that's unnecessary in the interest of time management and efficiency. Somebody's got a gun on somebody that I care about. I'm going to kill them. This is my whole point with this knucklehead Morgan. We also have to talk about the fact that this guy's already shot Carol twice, and we don't even know if Carol's bleeding out or going to live. There's right. no way she's Morgan, laying there bleeding in the, on the ground. Yeah, there's no way Morgan could have assessed that situation to that degree and known that everything was going to be even okay with Carol. He Whatever. Didn't know He's pointing a weapon at Carol's head. But he did. He did kill him. And Finally. <laughs> okay. But Morgan says... Um, that he also found his friend, and she needs help, and the people were like, well, let's help her. So they're going to evidently take Morgan's Carol. Kinda, and hey, I'll give Morgan some props here. Morgan's kind of standoffish about shaking the extended hand. Well, why does he get a prop for that? Well, he's just kind of being cautious you know, before he trusts somebody. He's, well, sure. he's cautiously accepting their help. I like that. Well, I like the helpers, don't you? Let's just call them the horse helper, the horse whisperer helpers. <laughs> Um, I think I like them. I think it's going to be a group. Now, are they putting that in there to show us that it's not just darkness? Yeah, yes, I think so, yeah. These are the people, I think, that are going to... That Carol, and I predict Carol's going to make a, a tremendous comeback. She's going to find out what really matters. She's going to come back. She's going to, she's going to heal up really good, and she's going to turn back into... Ninja Carol and start whipping Savior's asses. These Saviors are not insurmountable. It's like Carl said; they were a little too over cocky, but they they had done tr- many things. They How had, many people are there, though, Mike? I don't know. They were I a mean, lot they're there not only. Night. We have to talk about this because they're not only on the roads. They were chasing people through the ru- through the woods, ended up on the roads, but they already had the cars blocked there. They were. In the middle of the woods that they somehow corralled them into going at the end that we'll talk about in a little bit. They were on every road, more and more of them. They were on the bridges and overpasses above the roads. They were in the woods above the roads shooting down on them. I mean, how many of these people are there? There's a bunch and of them. And where do they live? Where are they? Well, I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah, this is like, I mean, this was like, it was so scary at how, at, at the that was, pure amount. That was the horror movie aspect of it, and the whistling, that was just eerie. It was really, really eerie. It's like their, you know, their their call or something. It was awful. 
Okay, but then the RV comes around yet another bend. And there's a big stack of uh, big logs. Big, big, huge now, stack of logs. how much work in a zombie apocalypse? Well, this is what, uh, this is, this is what Eugene told them. That uh, not only is there a lot of them, but they've got some, some, some capable equipment and some people know how to work it to move that kind of stuff in front of the road. And, they, you know, that's a recent thing. They just did that. And then they set it on fire. After they threw the guy off, what the uh, that overpass? Yeah, that was that, which is the him. guy they were torturing originally. The and librarian. we know that because he had the X spray painted on him that they spray painted in front of Rick and them. So they were saying, essentially, you didn't save this guy. Watch him die now. You didn't have to watch him die back then. Now you get to watch him die. I don't think that. I don't think they're saying that. You didn't Why? save him. How could they have saved him? Yeah, well, that's absolutely what they said. That's the, or that's absolutely what I heard them say. They're like, you left this guy there. You knew he was somebody innocent. We would have killed him in front of you there, but you you left. You wouldn't fight that, us. That's interesting. I, I didn't think of it that way. And so we that makes sense. We schlepped him all the way over here on this bridge. This but guy. Now we're going to kill him. And that, and they had him. How did they know they were even going to go that way right then? Now, I, guess I don't they, remember. Was he was he kind of twitching and everything when I threw him over the side there. Oh, he was alive. Well, see, that's unrealistic. The the fall, his would've, body weight would have broken his neck. Yeah, broken his neck and, and in some cases maybe even pulled decapitated his head off, head him. Off, right. Yeah. But Which would have been even more horrifying. But, yeah, but it it didn't. He just... He just kind of sputtered around and right, died it was like It would have been like if he'd have fallen maybe a, you know, a foot or just like they, an ease down or something on the road. to try to shoot the chain and then... Uh, Rick told them we need the bullets. Can't do it. Right. They won't even shoot the... I mean, you know... They're in a real bad predicament here. They still, remember, Maggie's still sick. You know, Maggie's they got no the way thing. to go. They don't know where they're going to go now. And now the logs are on fire. But they won't kill him because they need the bullets. Yeah. I mean, they won't kill him and they won't shoot him down. They just stand there and watch this guy die. And I made a note again. Is this going to be another karma thing? You know, I mean, how much... Do they get to do nothing for other people, but expect other people to do stuff for them? How much discouragement can these people handle in one day, too? And the voice, I know. I mean, this is like one afternoon, this afternoon, right? And a voice tells them to go and treat their people good like it's their last day on earth. So this guy's mocking Rick Mm -hmm. still. And this is where I type, this is some type of nightmare at this point. They show, it's, it, it's, it's, it's grossly visual. It's this terrible scene with this man hanging and logs burning in the background wildly as this RV is backing up down this road. And they just like focused on this for this long time. And this to me is maybe where I just kind of said, okay, you know, this is too, that was like, that was too much. It was too much. It was so bad that they've left this guy for the second time. Carl has sat and watched him die because his father didn't want to waste one bullet to put it through the guy's head, even to put him out of his misery. Well, they were wanting to shoot the chain. I understand, but, I mean, he's going to die. You, if you don't shoot the chain, he's going to die. So either shoot the chain or put a bullet through his head, right? Can you waste one bullet? I mean, I don't know how many bullets they have. But 
just to do nothing and then they expect good things to happen I, I don't know I don't know it was too much too much but then they they show the RV and it's like in this thicket right it's like in a like a little dead end area and they're discussing what they're going to do and this is where Eugene says that they're waiting on the RV but they don't know the occupancy of the RV you know they're just waiting on the RV to right. come and so he volunteers to be a decoy right to drive the RV and you know let everybody else out and walk through the woods now my question is this why didn't he get out with them why did they have to drive the RV anywhere why couldn't he have went through the woods with them in place of just driving the they RV they were hoping that they were going to follow the RV and converge around the RV and okay. go in, go in that direction and the masses were going to go wherever the RV was going, and they were going to concentrate okay. on the next spot to set up to block the RV while, you know, these people were taking off. But, see, they knew, they I think they knew they were trying to get to Hilltop because they cut off, you know, every road, and they were all correct. So they knew that they had to come through the woods, so they set up right exactly where they were going to have to run into them. That was a little unrealistic to me with this, but... Um well, they kind of herded them there, you know, once they got them in the woods. I get, well, right, right. They right. on either side. Before all that, though, before that, we'll get to that in just a minute, but so what you're saying is they were following the RV, you think, to know where the, where the RV was going? They, they couldn't have been following it because they were showing up in front of it. Right, right, but they were they were focused on the whole, their, their whole focus and, and everything they were setting up was for the blocking of the RV. I, just, I guess I just really don't see why the RV had to go anywhere. They could have parked the RV for the night for whatever reason, and I don't think that would have looked any worse than the RV moving. You, you could be right. I mean, I'm just in, thinking, In their mind, you know, they, they were just thinking they were going to try to use that as a decoy. I know, but gosh, what a huge thing to use, right? I mean, you know, yeah. it's just like sacrificing Eugene. But Eugene goes and he, he gives the bullet recipe to Rick because he doesn't think he's going to make it, right? And then, and he says, Abraham knows where the factory is that this can be made, and here it is. And then Eugene and Abraham have a little conversation and Abraham says, you're a survivor. Always have we been, just have didn't been know it. Time. Neither right. one of us knew it, meaning Eugene or Abraham didn't know what a survivor he was. And I put down here, Eugene saying goodbye, it felt like. Now, yeah, was he just that's, saying, way, that's, that was, that's what it felt like. So Eugene gets in the RV, and they get out of the Full RV. Full of confidence. And he's just like so proud of himself, right? How did you feel about that scene? Did you feel like... Um, he felt useful. He felt worthwhile. That's how I felt. So it was a good moment, you think, for Eugene? It was a good you, moment Eugene. for Eugene, yeah. Was it, did you feel sad that that's where it was going, or were you just, well, sure, like, yeah. happy? Yeah, but, I mean, you were, uh, you know, they felt like they were getting something done. Yeah. They felt like this was going to work, and Eugene felt like that he was the reason that it was going to work. Okay, so we go to commercial, and we come back, and this is where we had actually caught up with the video we uh, DVR it, and we try to go into it a few minutes, you know, 15 or so minutes, but we caught up with it here. And I take notes as we were watching it, and I was just taking this notes that this is horrible. We're less than 20 minutes out, and it's been nothing but stress. 
And we were all discussing how we're not even enjoying it. Did you enjoy watching this at all? No, I just didn't know. I just wanted to see how it was going to end. And then, while we're sitting here having this conversation, we see a commercial for The Ride with Norman Reedus that premieres in June. And that freaked me out all over again because, I mean, if Norman Reedus is doing he needs a job, a new, <laughs> he's got a new job. I know. And that so means I'm his like, old job is over. So anyway, we come back and they're walking Maggie through the woods on a stretcher. Here's how I know he's okay. Okay, tell me. Because on this new show, The Ride. Yeah, he's okay. He's got the same haircut, so he's staying in. He's staying in Daryl mode. Hmm. They don't know. Oh, they know. Maggie said they didn't know. They they've trained a lot. <laughs> well, we come back and there's a zombie in the woods that has the tree going through the center of him. Yeah. He's walking with a yep. limb and, the size of a... Carl takes half his head off. Yeah. Yeah. He really does. That was pretty gross. And Maggie's saying that she can walk, but this is where Carl's saying they can do anything they need to do. They can. They will. And he's not going to let anything happen. This scene that we talked about before, and Rick starts to call him on it, and we hear that damn whistling. Oh, yeah. And it's, it intensifies. Until they get in the big group, and it's just like a flock of birds, and it is just so, so uh, psycho. It's maniacal. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the the worst horror movie you've ever been in. I mean, it's just it's just really, really, really scary. So, how could they have known? That they were going to get out of the RV there. And how how much time had passed? How long had they been walking? And ca- because it didn't seem like any time had passed. If they were going to show us the passage of time, I didn't get it. Because it didn't seem like any time at all had passed. It seemed like they walked away from the RV, sliced the things, the had woods. got in the woods maybe five minutes or so. I don't know. And then uh, this happened. But keep, that couldn't have happened in mind, that they way. were steering them to a degree with a whistling on either side of them. Because there was also... Saviors in the woods steering them. Sure, but I mean, you can only go a certain way carrying a stretcher. Oh, you're, you're right. I mean, it's a, it's a little unrealistic. It was very unrealistic, and not only that, not only that, but they steer them to this clearing, and this is where this maniacal whistling's going on, and they've already captured Eugene and have the the yeah. RV as part of the blockade. Yeah, yeah. Negan's lounging in the RV. I think before Rick even got. You know, Maggie, out of that RV, that already captured Eugene. Did he even start the vehicle before they captured him? Boy, he started it and, and got around long enough to, you know, to get, get drive caught. it over there. Yeah. That was a sad end to his uh, victory drive away. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work out as he had planned. I wrote down, it's almost as if Eugene is a double agent. You know, he like drove to them and said... Uh, this Here. is where they're going. Block the way with this. They'll be going through. I mean, how else could they have known that? We've been we've been watching the Americans too hard, and so that's I'm in the American well, mode. They may have tortured the information out of Eugene, but it would have had to happen pretty quick. Or would it? Maybe more time. Maybe three hours have maybe, passed. Maybe, yeah. Eugene's pretty beat up. Yeah. But they just didn't show the passage of time like that. It literally looked like they got out. They were surrounded, and they were there. I mean, that's that's how it looked. But um, And that original Savior that they first talked to on the road, he's talking again. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all scared. 
and I wrote down, they're all scared, and then I wrote, I'm scared. And, you know, because I was, I mean, it was just like really, I mean, they've, they've like kept us on this, on the edge of our seat for like an hour and 15 minutes at this point. They've kept you in one of those against all odds, hopeless situations that they always come out on top of. You just never know how until they work it out. And then they've ended up at a dead end with this hopeless situation that truly is a hopeless situation that they are not getting out of at least all of them are not anytime soon but they take their their weapons they have them kneel rick is not happy no and the guy even flips carl's hat you know the hat the hat carl's worn since he was what seven Mm-hmm. and they even have maggie get off the stretcher and yeah, kneel and walk and kneel yeah and this is the absolute worst pot this is the worst situation we've ever seen these people in yeah oh yeah um yeah, and it's like you brought up before. It's the worst possible situation, and it's not even about the zombies, and it's not even about no, the lack of food. No, it's not about zombies. It's not what, lack of anything. It's all it's about is somebody's sadism and and greed. control, uh, control lust. It's um so disheartening. It would be so disheartening to have lost everybody that they've lost and to be without everything that they're without now. Well, and to have been through everything they've been through just to to lose to this group of of thugs. Yeah. Of largest ruffians. group of thugs. They, <laughs> those ruffians. That's <laughs> those darn savior savior derelicts. But I mean really, they're they're uh there's just a big big huge group of these these uh, impolite people. They're, they are impolite. Yeah. But Rick looks awful. Man. He wanting to kill, but he just can't. Yeah, Can they make Rick look like so stressed, though? I mean, I've never seen anybody that can look stressed like Rick Grimes can look stressed. When they make him look stressed, he sweats, right? And he's like, his hair think, gets drenched. I think it's a special effects thing. They're spraying him down with, with. I don't know. I think it might be real. Well, they were talking on Talking Dead about how cold it was when they were shooting that scene, and if you'll if you'll think back, you could see a lot of breath. Yeah, you could, you could see their breath. Yeah, it was really cold that night when they shot it. Well, then we go to a commercial, and during the commercial, I put, and we don't even care at this point. I was over it. I was ready to turn it off. I didn't want to see any more of it. I knew. Throughout all the torture that I had been through and how, like, literally almost nauseous I was over the stuff I had seen. I mean, it, it was almost like a physical reaction I had to this. I was just really upset about it. No possibility for a happy ending No, here. and there was more coming. I know. Oh, the worst was coming. But we were still caught up and we're discussing how we don't like this on the season finale podcast. And we're going to have to talk about how much. And, I mean, I knew I was going to talk about how much I did not like it. And I hate I hate podcasting something and picking it apart. And I don't. Oh, not me. I don't mind. I don't feel like I'm picking. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm picking apart. Just the, If it needs to be picked apart, you pick it apart. So then they called Dwight out, and he gets Michonne, Daryl, Glenn, and Rosita out of that box van. That's what I wrote down. little box of the lights coming through that they've been looking they've at. They've been in the whole time. That's what I've seen the, the muffled whole voices, time. Yeah, and they pull them out, and, and they're kind of beat up. And Glenn sees how well. Yeah, I mean Daryl. Did you notice he's got like blood yeah, where he got dripping shot. on him? Yeah. And the worst thing, doesn't he have on like a khaki jacket or something like that? They've taken his vest and given him like a 
give them an Eddie Bauer jacket. Members only or Man, something. I know. I know. Uh, no, that's, what are you going to do? That's, that was the worst. That, that was number four of how they went too far. Eddie Bauer or Land's End? Yeah. It was, was not. It does not. not Polo worse. This was not Daryl. Can you Darryl. see Daryl in a polo jacket? This was not Daryl. But he's got blood, a lot of blood on him. And um, I don't know if you noticed that or not. But but then, this is where Glenn sees Maggie for the first time. He didn't know Maggie's sick. She's looking rough. And he yeah, can tell. she looks rough, and it freaks yeah. him out. And this is where we meet our friend Negan. He gets out of the RV. Man. Yeah, I know. And he is, I, I think, I mean, as far as acting goes and... People who are perfect for the for the the part. I mean, I think that guy delivered on that role. I didn't read. I don't read comic books. I no. didn't read these comic books. And I've heard about this person Negan, who's going to show up. And from everything that I've heard, this guy this guy was perfect. I think they hired the cast the perfect person in this role. And remember, we're watching Talking Dead. That jacket is an exact replica of the one that Negan wore. In the comic book. In the comic book. Yeah. But this is where Negan's talking about peeing. He gets out and says, are you pissing your pants yet? Because you're going to be. I mean, he's loving this. This is like, you know how you see the people giving the speeches in front of people? The people who are doing like the Ginsu knife things and they love it. And they love having people listening to them. And they love the sound of their own voice. And they love talking and... Now I'm picturing Negan with a British accent selling <laughs> against your knives, so you messed me up. But he starts talking about how they're they're gonna regret crossing him and he's you know, he's talking about he he knows who they are. He knows that they've come in and killed some of their people. And that's not cool and it's they're gonna cool. have to be punished. I mean, he's going on and on and he is like you said, obviously thoroughly enjoying Yeah, he loves it. He it. loves this this moment where he's finally got these people who have been tormenting him, kind of, by killing people, and then, his, in his words, killing people that, that he sent to kill them for killing those people, kill more of his people. And um, and he starts talking about the New World Order. It's simple. You can understand it even if you're stupid. Give me your crap or I will kill you. Yep. That's it. Give me your stuff. Today's career day, you work for me. You have stuff, you give it to me. That's your job. It's a nasty pill to swallow, but swallow it you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's just, he's, he's drawing it out. It's real slow words and slow. And he keeps reminding them that one of them is going to have to die. Mm-hmm. You thought you were safe. I get it, but the word is out. You're not safe. You're not even close. We get half your stuff. That's your life now. The more you fight back, the harder it'll be. You don't open the gate when we come. We knock the gate in. You will pay for everything you don't do that we're telling you you have to do. And then he says, but you have to be punished. I don't want to kill you. You can't work for me if you're dead. But essentially somebody's going to die. And then he introduces them to Lucille. His baseball bat with barbed wire wrapped around it. So he goes up to Abraham, and Abraham kind of bows up to him. Did Abraham you just kind of stands up and squares his shoulders back, and yeah. pretty much Abraham's defiant, like, "It's me, it's me." Defiant you know, on his knees, yeah. right? You, you, you won't have my fear, no matter what you have from me. But Negan looks at him and looks at his facial hair, 
and kind of scrusts up his own facial hair and says, ooh, i got to change this. <laughs> like, it's a bad look. So he's almost comical, but you can't be comical in this situation. Nothing funny, you know? Well, he's, he's pretty charismatic. He talks to Carl about the gun because he just took the gun off Carl that had the Lucille etching on the handle. And then he goes to Maggie and he says they should just go ahead and put her out of her misery. She and Glenn looks so jumps sick. up and comes over and they, of course, pummel him. And Negan tells him, look, you the first one's a freebie, but the next person that does that, I will shut that down immediately. Mm -hmm. And do you have any doubt at all that he would shut that down immediately? immediately. The next person jumped up, he, he hit him with a, the Lucille. Well, Rick looks like he's about to have a nervous breakdown. I mean, they just get him just the look on his face and stuff. Um, and Negan's looking at him. He says, it sucks the moment you realize you don't know crap. And then, for whatever reason, he realizes that Carl is Rick's son. I'm not sure how he did that. Are then you? He, then he calls him a future serial killer. Because Carl is his kid, and he's just stoic. You know... A lot of the others are crying or or sniveling or scared. You can see the fear. And Carl, Carl's not, I mean, he's not showing anything. Mm -mm. And n he's just having fun. Negan, he's, he's having too much fun while he's whistling. He's walking back and forth. And I'm just, I'm miserable. I wrote a note that I am miserable here. I was miserable watching this scene. It was Nothing good. So this is where Negan starts doing any meeny miny mo, and it lands on somebody. And they explained it later in the Walking Dead or the Talking Dead how they they knew that everybody was going to try to zabruder it. Zabruder. They were going to try to you know figure out you know what angle you know which way he was going. So he they bounced him around uh, uh, quite a bit and tried to tried to shake everybody up so that nobody would have a sense of direction based on where he was going and pointing that bat at them on their knees. So you really couldn't zabruder it. But he said, the the writer said that, that there were some hints given. And so the hints that I got. One okay, of the, wait, but wait. First, tell us what zabruder means because a lot of people may not know. I didn't know. The zabruder film is the film, if you've ever watched the film of JFK's assassination that was shot by one of the onlookers. The guy's name that shot the film was Zabruder. And he, uh, the film is known as the Zabruder film. But they, they say now to Zabruder it because we have taken uh, that well, film the, and went the, scene the by scene. They, yeah, the reason they call it the Zabruder film, I'm sorry, the reason they call it Zabruder film named after the guy who shot it, Zabruder. Right. But the Zabruder film has been analyzed and analyzed and overanalyzed and overanalyzed and and, and recreated and recreated and, and so looked now at when, and when looked we at. say Zabrut or something, we're talking about trying to analyze something. Trying to analyze something from every angle to figure out. You know, in the case of John Kennedy's assassination, how many shots were fired? Where did the shots come from? You know, when you know everything about every right. every every little detail. But they tell us that. Good luck. You're not going to be able to do that. No, but they did say here. that there were hints. Okay. But first, before we get to the hints, um, 
we know somebody was actually killed. I mean, in graphic, graphic sound, you see him point that bat at somebody, that bobbed wire bat, and and the bat's raised and brought down, kind of like it's brought down on your head as an audience member. And whoever it is keeps standing up or kneeling up because... Do they? Like yeah. for a moment? Yeah, because cause you're, you're, you're going... You're looking at him through their eyes. Yeah, but you only and the person see after him the, after the first after hit. After the first hit, the person uh, pops back up, and he even makes some kind of comment. I don't remember the comment. Do they, do they? Because I read that they do, that the person makes a comment, but I could not well, the hear the person it. didn't make the comment. No. Negan made Negan the ma- comment. Okay. Somebody said that the person made a comment. I read that somewhere, and I really tried to find that. I tried to find the video they were talking about. I couldn't find it, and I went back and watched it again. I couldn't find that at this all. This is this is what leads me to, to, to think that it's most likely Abraham. Because he, remember when Negan walked by him, he, he was kind of slumping, and he just kind of stood up, like hit me with that bat. Right. And I'm not afraid of you. Or I think it may be even Eugene's last... Uh, Act of last bravery. show, yeah, to show everybody that that he really is, um, he really is tough enough. Well, just so you know, most of the people, and in the comic books, and if you don't want to know the comic books, plug your ears because I mean, there's so many spoilers in this potential anyway. Spoiler alert! Um, in the comic books, it's Glenn, and a lot of people really believe that this is going to follow the comic books. Evidently, the whole Sam story. The little kid who was killed followed the comic books to a T. And they feel like this is going to be another situation. And that it was going to be Glenn. (sighs) Thankfully. It's over. It went off. And the Talking Dead came on. They had the creator Kirkman on there who did say that there's many seasons to come. They're not even looking at an end to this. He also brought up that Negan appeared in the 100th comic book. Mm-hmm. And he did that to like give it new life and everything. And I'm wondering how dark of a turn this is going to take if it's really going to change the thing. I personally was looking forward to seeing them learn to survive in this new world. This darkness and this, you know, I mean, I knew there'd be problems along the way. But I don't know. The live people are the number one problem in the zombie apocalypse is what the uh, this this theme is. Well, on the Talking Dead, we had uh, Daryl. We had Negan, whose name is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. We had Scott Gimple. He's the executive producer. And then we had uh, Kirkman, who's actually the creator. I am a little bit shocked at the anger toward this episode. <laughs> People are really really upset. They most of the anger came from they felt like they should have been told who died that and I've I've got a question about that. Do you think it's going to matter to us as much 7 months down the road as it would have mattered to us last night after no, that? No, probably not. I don't either. I don't think it will no matter who it is. Um I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't I don't think it will. It's kind of like the Glenn thing with the dumpster. It mattered so much, and then they, like, strung us along for two or three weeks or whatever it was, you know. And by the time you found out, you're just like, 
You know? Yeah, you're right. I mean, you kind of, you know, this is different because it's not one person. No, I get I get what you're saying. I think you're, you're correct. Uh, the Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he was talking about filming that. It was evidently like an 11-minute stretch that he did. And they were talking about, we talked last time how it was like it early. Took 15 hours to film is what he 15 said. 15 hours of nighttime. And it was um, probably. The whole cast was there. Right. And it was probably early to mid-November, really cold. Yeah, and they had to work overnight, and he was talking about how wonderful. And it, now, that was kind of interesting, and I, I enjoyed seeing them interact in that way and kind of hear the behind-the-scenes stuff to that. He was talking about how how good they were. He was talking about how even during his spiel, a lot of times when actors are doing that kind of stuff, they have them talking to, what, tennis balls or pieces of paper or, or something. Or at best, stand-ins. Right, but they ha- these actors stayed there. And not they, don't, they not only stayed there, but they worked themselves up into a literal, real... Emotional state. Right. And, and, and they were there in the cold doing the filming for... And the filming took 15 hours to get that, that scene right. Right. And... Um, they were just complimenting, so complimentary of both Negan, both the Jeffrey character, and he was complimentary of all of them and saying just what an amazing experience that was. So I thought that was, I mean, look, I'm grasping straws here trying to find something positive in it, but that was kind of a positive. You know, when you asked me this morning if I wanted to watch it again, you said you want to watch it I, again. I couldn't watch it again. I thought you were talking about, you were actually talking about watching the episode. Do we need to watch it again to film it? Because we didn't want to watch it again. But I thought you meant, do you want to watch The Walking Dead ever again when uh. you first said it? I thought you meant like next season. And I was thinking, I don't know. I don't know if I do or not. But that's obviously not what you meant. But this one I watched again alone for the second time. And it it wasn't as hard to watch the second time. It was not not as nerve wracking as it was the first time. But I really can't believe. But but it was dark and it did have that heavy pull you down kind of feeling. And I'm I'm not sure I'd do it again to podcast it. I'm just not sure I'd do it. So we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our The Walking OG podcast. So, Mike, how do people get in touch with you? How do they tweet you questions or comments or just to chat about this stunning end to Season 6 of The Walking Dead? At Mike from TN. And I am at Michelle from TN. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribalrant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so subscribe to us and keep in touch. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. And, of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com where you can email us or leave us a message. We always love to get your feedback. Quick reminder that Mike and I also do a Survivor podcast. So if you like Survivor, tune into that podcast. It's called The Tribe Has Spoken. And just this season, we started the Americans podcast. We really enjoy doing the Americans podcast. That's so, a, well, they're not torturing as many people on that one. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the Russian spies don't seem to have as much uh, darkness and torture as we know. saw. It gets pretty dark. It really does. Um, but, but we just started it up in the fourth season, and uh, the first three seasons are on Amazon Prime if you're a member, so catch up with it and then come and, watch, and listen in on our American Reds podcast. So next week, 
At the same time, we've got fear. We've already said that we'll um, either podcast it. And give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So don't let us down, fear, if you're really good. If there's any hope, then we'll do that. So if you don't have anything else, Mike, we'll sign off on Season 6 of The Walking Dead. That's all I have. That's all you have. Okay. Well, we'll see you next time. See you next time.